It's the True Penny Show with your host, James True Penny. Hello, welcome to the True Penny Show. My name is James Tripoli. This is my show. Today we are looking at versions 39 and versions 40 of Gleet, where a ton of stuff happened. We kind of thought a bit of stuff happened when me and Marcus previewed this show uh, last week, but definitely a ton of stuff happened at these two shows. So to discuss this momentous occasions, shouldn'ts, is not only Marcus Green and Baton Rouge, Louisiana. How are we doing, sir? Doing good. Glad to be back. Two shows. Got a trio. Should be fun. Indeed. As well as Mr. John Dinsdale of Up North. How are you doing, sir? I am pretty good battling, well, recovering from illness. So my throat's a bit shaky. If I sound deader inside than normal, it's not because of Glade, it's because of illness. Indeed. Glade would never treat us badly. Glade would never do us wrong. <laughs> um, and we, we're going to start at Currican Hall. Where else, where else could you start? Uh, the home of professional wrestling in Japan. Oh, 761 in attendance. It did seem a bit slack considering the quality of the show, um, even by late standards, because they normally get quite a good crowd at K-Hall. But for whatever reason, it was a bit slim. And we started up with Kiichi Sato Asugi and Shima um, taking on Takenori Ito, Masato Kamino and Hartley Jackson. Hartley Jackson has kind of floated around a little bit. He's done a little bit of work with... Um, your bulk orchestra, he's been a bit of an independent person, uh, all of these things going back and forth. On this particular occasion, he was tech teaming with uh, two people who we love very much for this show, uh, mainly Takenori Ito for his incredible avalanche German and Masato Kamino for his wonderful, glorious mullet. Uh, <laughs> and this was, this was an intriguing show. What were your thoughts on this, John, this opening match? It was a perfectly fine opening match. I love Suji or Sugi, who was teaming with like Seema and Sato. He just had such a cool look and cooler kicks. Hartley Jackson, I'd seen Wesley and Ganbury. Yeah, he was, yeah. He's done a lot with Ganbury, and yeah, he seemed like a nice fit to just be a giant monster. So the thing that cracked me up was like, obviously, everyone's got their title cards, and it's like Seema, Strong Hearts, Suji, whatever. Takanari Ito, I think it just had glare underneath, and then it just had Hartley Jackson, Australia. <laughs> it's like, yep, that's a wild faction unto itself. Yes, that is true. We, well, I should bear in mind, mention that we also got a DJ set from resident DJ of Gleet and member of Strong Hearts. I'm just trying to remember his name because it's on the opening sequence. Takanari uh, Yamamura, uh, which was nice. While bopping going on heads, I liked that. Um, and then we're straight off and into the show. Marcus, what's your thoughts on this opening match? Yeah, same. Uh, solid opener, not nothing too special. I did, uh, like you guys, like Jackson, Camino, and Nito together. I think that's a you know, very unique trio. I'd like to see them do some more stuff going forward. But, you know, you know I believe kind of open their show stuff not too long, not too short, just the right about amount of time coming in under what, about seven seven minutes, eight, 18 seconds, something like that. So, yeah, that was, uh, like I said, solid opener. Um, everybody running back, but, yeah, good stuff. 
Yeah, I, I mean, um, it was a solid. Yeah, it was a solid opener, and Camino and, and Ito are kind of like putting forward their case to be um, the number one contenders to the G Infinity Tag Team Championships, uh, which they they strongly had a strongly supported performance in this particular match. However, at the end of the match, representatives of your book orchestra came down and offered Hartley Jackson a spot in Bulk Orchestra, which he took up, which would have ramifications for the rest of this particular two shows. So we'll surely talk about that later on. Um, but it was an interesting ending to the match. <laughs> it's just like, gosh, Bulk Orchestra come down, offer, um, offer him a T-shirt, and he takes the T-shirt and he leaves. Um, and Camino and Ito are not best pleased. So... That was that. But we'll move on to the UWF Rules match, which featured Maya Fukuda going up against Michiko Miyagi. Now, as me and Marcus have explored on the previous few shows, I believe the phrase is, Fukuda had right-trimmed Miyagi's tree over the past month or so by not fighting very hard. Um, but every dog, indeed, has its day. The winner of this match, Maya Fukuda, in six minutes and ten seconds, after taking a right pasting, but she seemed to have figured out Miyagi and landed a knockout blow that put the veteran on her back. Marcus, what's your thoughts on this? Because I know you're a big fan of Fukuda and a big fan of Miyagi. Oh, man. When you know a fourth time's the charm, right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I went from, like, the Undertaker guy to, like, like the, the Michael Jordan crime meme. And like in, in a matter of like seconds, because it was just I was you know as shocked as she was. I've been I've been rooting for Fukuda this whole time. Uh, love watching Miyagi go to work, but this was you know we've been talking about this kind of story. Fukuda kind of climbing up through the ranks, and obviously she's been tagging on and off with Miyagi. But if you know she's very much somebody that wants to be one of these stronger competitors in this in this field. Um, so she, you know, she's going to elevate. She has to be able to get past somebody like Miyagi, and it's been an uphill climb to say the least. Um, these three, you know, her last three battles have been different variations of getting kind of dog walked a little bit, and you know, <laughs> it's full time, man. She just she didn't quit. She didn't give up. She had me worried there for a minute because it was coming down to it, and I was Miyagi. Yeah, we're gonna talk about it. Like one of these days, she's gonna walk away with her leg in one of these matches, and she. <laughs> you know, she fought back and, and she and she got her and she was as shocked as she was elated and it was a beautiful thing to see this is this is how you tell these kind of stories indeed it is i mean yeah miyagi was miyagi's been dominant over fukuda over the last two months and she was dominant in the first five minutes and 34 seconds of this match and after that it was all fukuda basically with one kick and fukuda was down to two points so it was a brilliantly told story really well timed John, what's your thoughts? Because I don't think you've been party to this story. Uh, no, I've followed it along to the podcast, played catch up, but like to finally see like an actual match from it in real time, it's I can see why everyone sort of roots behind Fukuda. Like she's a very sort of underdog style performer. I suppose the same way we looked at Miyagi back in the day. It's the sort of same spiral, just Miyagi never took someone's bottom jar off with the sole of a foot before. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the knockout blow for this match is definitely a knockout blow. 
yeah. Oh yeah, the, the I, one with Sally going on with that. It, she went down like a sack of spuds. It was it was a spectacular thing to see. Yeah, she did a full spin, full spin. Any more? Sorry, go on. I was just waiting. I'm like, right, Fakuda's getting her arm back here at some point. She's been bullied the entire match. It's just a case of, oh, I think I see Miyagi's bottom jaw and like the fourth row over there. Gee. But yeah, nice build up, nice pacing, a very nice story told. On. Just bloody hell, that kick. That oh. kick. <laughs> just stiff. Anyway, I mean, these matches are supposed to be stiff. Um, and these two don't necessarily go heavy on strikes. Um, but, yeah, no, just really, really good. Uh, interestingly, um, I don't know the names of the commentators, but female commentator, as lead commentator on a wrestling show. That's rare anywhere in the world uh, for your um, play-by-play person to be female. That was really cool. So, yeah, that was good. just wanted to point that out. As we were at the women's match, I thought it was worth making a case for that. But yeah, and the commentary was quite good, even though I don't speak a word of Japanese. But um, or I speak about four words of Japanese. But the actual commentary flowed; it didn't get in the way. It was nice. You know, um, still better than impact commentary. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was good. Um, and yeah, so shall we move on to the third match? Which featured a regular of uh, Glate at BU Iska taking on that known. Um, happy to put this soft father figure of Purirasu, the, the the always giving Minoru Suzuki. John, your thoughts on this asshole thing? This was brutal. <laughs> <laughs> so it, the scary thing was, like Suzuki was quite relaxed for this match. He was having a good time. He wasn't entirely in full on murder grandpa mode. He was. He was quite happy. He was joking along with commentary, scaring the shit out of them as he beat up his cut all around the arena. This this was Minoru Suzuki in his happy place. And oh. it was only happy for Suzuki because Izuka was getting his arms broken, his body broken and knocked out. Uh, yeah, I mean, Izuka was... Uh, he tried his best. Um, but... And to be fair to Suzuki, he treated the Glate referee with much more uh, respect than he normally treats Red Shoes or Marty Salmon. So that, that's, that was nice. I did personally really enjoy him putting on a top wrist slot in front of the girls at ringside so they got a really good view. Come here, I want to show... Man of the people. Indeed. Well, Ed, look at this. I can twend his wrist in three different directions at the same time. I'm just watching that now. Oh, it's it's great. It's just hilarious. Uh, but yeah, no, this was this was a high quality beating, um, and I do feel sorry for Riska because right? it didn't do a ton of stuff in. Seven out of ten from the cage match users. They clearly enjoyed it. Marcus, what's your thoughts on this um, intriguing matchup? Yeah, to piggyback off uh, what you said, uh, James, if if if. <laughs> Suzuki was the father figure in this match, and you know, poor, poor, poor you obviously didn't do his chores uh, this week. <laughs> that week it was it was it was not good. You know, this is this was prime murder murder grandpa. He got a he got a version of it, and it was uh, fascinating to see. It was it was not a 
bit of pace in this match that it didn't feel like Bazooka uh, Minoru was dictating. Like like John said, he even was, you know, um, had a little exchange uh, ringside with the commentary, which, you know, like you said, don't speak, I don't speak a lick of Japanese, but it looked like they was as scared, they was as scared as they were excited just to be interacting <laughs> with them. Uh, which, but, but, you know, it's it's that thing. I mean, the guy's a, you know, absolute walking legend. So, you know, for him to be there and have as much fun as John, like he said he was, uh, was good. Also, you know, you put up a hell of a fight. I mean, he clearly caught on that, you know, Suzuki was somebody that he obviously couldn't stand toe-to-toe with because that ended horribly every time. But, you know, when he caught him slipping, he had to pepper him with offense uh, so it was going to be a long night. And, 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 you know, it obviously was. And I love that that final exchange where he thought he was kind of gaining some momentum and then Suzuki just caught him with a quick slip. And uh, <laughs> put, the, put the kid away, basically posing with him twice. Once when he, he stacked him up for the for the power drop, and then then when he pinned him. So, um, you know, I guess the only thing Suzuki could do now to rub salt in the wound would be to send him photos of of, of those. <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it was a good, good showing. Obviously, you got a you know got a hell of a shot in uh, against the murder death grandpa. But this is you know. Again, some of these guys should be out of their league in certain scenarios, and this was one of those times. Yeah, I mean, um, Suzuki's had a cracking week in World Tag League. The best portion of the week was when him and uh, Lance Archer decimated (laughs) (laughs) Henry and Great O'Khan. I mean, they murdered him. (laughs) It was just a sight to see, because you could tell they were on a winner. Because they just went at them. <laughs> and it's like, Henry and Okanak, obviously, big lads, they could look after themselves, but they just pounded them and they won the match. And at the end of the night, it was an old lad with uh, a Suzuki gun flag in the front row. And Suzuki took the Suzuki gun flag, stood on a chair, and said, This is our town. And wiped his sweat on the flag for the old guy <laughs> and gave it back to him. It was like, Oh, happy Minoru Suzuki is even more terrifying than angry Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> But anyway, I've just got the mental image of him sending you Izuka like a message on Facebook or something. It's just like, had fun murdering you, XOXO. And it's just like two pictures <laughs> of him just stood with his corpse. Just like, ah, good times. Uh, indeed. I remember that night we shared in Kurukan Hall where you murdered me. Uh, moving on to the next match was somewhat Nabe, uh, resident babyface of the late um, Ontai team, along with Minoru Tanaki, Tanaka, resident badass of the late Ontai team, going up against uh, the intriguing stable from Mexico, which is, of course, Black Generation. Yutani and Flamita, we were dead impressed with them last time, me and Marcus. And here they show another great showing against Tanaka and Watanabe. What do you think of this one, John? Because this is an intriguing straight tag match. Seven minutes and 13 seconds and Black Generation win. I love Black Generation. Like, with all the Glit versus the World stuff, I was happy to sort of see Flamita and Yutani as part of it. Like, And then to finally see it act, like, them act in action instead of just sort of listening back. It's, yeah, it's a great time. Like, Yutani is a cracking fire. Like, Considering how young he is, he's fucking killing it. And Flamita is just amazing. Like, top Rudos, Luchador. He's, if he wants to be a bastard, he'll be a bastard. 
<laughs> and it's like the perfect dynamic to work against your Hontai favourites, like Tanaka and Watanabe. It, yeah, it just led to another great match. It did. I mean, there was a couple of bonus spots in it, but I don't understand how Flamita does what he does when he was the size that he is. Like, short, stubby barrel of a man and can fly like nobody's business. It's quite a remarkable thing to see. And Usani has got that level of... Um, how can well, it does remind me an awful lot of Kenta, uh, a younger Kenta, in his not only his ability but also his kind of attitude to wrestling, which is kind of cool because I haven't seen a guy like that around for a long time. Um, Marcus, what's your thoughts on this match? Yeah, thinking about what you were saying, James, I was like, I was like, oh my god, like Flamita's like thick Phoenix. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know. Like John said, crack, crack and match for me and Utani, uh, ace together. Yeah, it, you know, it did obviously, you know, coming off your point, James, uh, Utani kind of had a couple spots where it felt like he was trying to find his footing. But once he did, uh, match, match was flowing. Like I said, obviously Tanaka and Watanabe, you know, good, good team. But, you know, like I always say, what I've been saying, like it feels like for me, it can be a one man show all his own and then you put him with this. The young Utani in there, you know, to be reckoned with. And I, was, I particularly like that Utani uh, does that uh, sling, bl- sling blade uh, backbreaker. Yeah. A, uh, I never get tired of seeing that. So, um, but yeah. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, uh, wonderful tag team. Hope, looking forward to seeing more of them on these cards, you know, facing different variations of these guys, you know. So, good match. Yeah, definitely. Next up, we had Strong Hearts. Isionetskaya, um, Shigo, Shigehiro Iri, and T Hawk. Well, oh, sorry, I've missed the match out. I do apologise. And it was one of the biggest matches on the card. I should, not do <laughs> I should just take myself back there. Tatsumi Fujinami, the living legend, the Japanese dragon himself, defeated Kazayashi in seven minutes and thirty-three seconds. This was obviously about the legend that is Tatsumi Fujinami the owner of Dragdition, the former IWGP champion, the former ace of New Japan Pro Wrestling, still having a good time and having matches in his 60s. Obviously, this year has been a big year for him with the anniversary of New Japan Pro Wrestling, the 50th anniversary, a show, a company he was the owner of at one time. He's done a lot of guest slots for them, which is intriguing because you never thought he'd ever work there again. WWE Hall of Famer, indeed, in Tatsumi Fujinami, going up against Kasayashi, the producer of the company, um, who does a good job in making sure he always lets guests have a good run if he's wrestling them. And of course, Fujinami gets the win here as well, which obviously is a nice, humble thing to do when it comes to um, your promotion, which was good of Kayashi. But um, there was a couple of things that Fujinami missed in this match, but he was just having a straight wrestling match. And it was a nice, fun wrestling match, what it was. Seven minutes, 33 seconds. Marcus, what's your thoughts on this? I dug this. This was uh, my introduction to uh, the, the the legend that is Fujiyami. Um, like you said, it was a couple uh, minor whiffs in this match, but not, nothing major. Uh, Fujiyami, you know, looked um, had the presence of uh, you know legendary veteran, and uh, you know Hayashi, obviously, you know, like you said, being very gracious uh, with you know what he did, and, and you know Fujiyami, like I said, looked. Acting had the presence of a legend, and that's how he uh, definitely got the respect of that. It'd be cool to see him do some more uh, matches on here. 
Uh, like I said, just straight up and down wrestling. Uh, no fluff, no fluff, no muss. You know, I think he paired good with a lot of guys who kind of have that that style that we've seen. So uh, uh, maybe uh, you know Minoru, uh, not you know Death Grandpa, but uh, some other guys. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think I think he paired well. But this was this was a fine match, like you said. You know, definitely just come there, be gracious, get the legend over, man. This is uh, you know. Gleek does a great job of paying respects in a lot of different ways. You know, both, a lot of times just by having some of these guys come through, uh, you know, open their doors, make sure they can, you know, have another another avenue to, you know, perform in. So this this was cool to see. You you do say that, but actually earlier this year on the New Japan anniversary show, uh, Okada tagged with Tanahashi and Fujinami against Suzuki Gun, and it was Minoru Suzuki, Zack Sabre Jr., and Desperado. Um, if you want to go back into the New Japan archive, you can watch that. And it was really good. Because obviously nice. Suzuki, cause Suzuki hates Fujinami. Because Fujinami was at the top of the tree when Suzuki was a trainee in the New Japan dojo. Um, this is the Minoru Suzuki who shot on Antonio Inoki was super stiff with him the first time he wrestled him. Antonio Inoki. Because Suzuki said, why should you give him his best shot? He's the boss, so he should be, he should be used to it. <laughs> <laughs> And they got beat up for doing it. But anywho, yeah, it was a different world back then. Uh, John, what's your thoughts on this match? Yeah, it was fine. You were never going to have the most dynamic sort of match ever. Fujinami is a straight wrestler, and you got a straight wrestling match between him and Hayashi. It did everything it needed to do. It was a nice victory for Fujinami, and Hayashi made himself look pretty good in the process. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it, there was one kind of modern spot which Fujinami clearly didn't get because I actually did went to do like a um, uh, um, backflip uh, cutter, Oz cutter, basically, and he missed it because I don't think Fujinami would have ever seen it before in his life. And I think I think I actually was just like, oh yeah, that won't work. <laughs> but there you go. Um, Right then, let's move on. Um, next, we do have that six-man tag match. Strong Hearts up against 60 Seconds. Issy and Itsukaya, Shigahiri and T-Hawk against Jun Tansho, Oji Shiva and Tetsu Izuchi. Six minutes and 14 seconds. This was breakneck fast. Just fun. Just absolute blast. Um, this is kind of what Glate is all about when it comes to the Japanese lucha style because these are all Japanese lucha, lucha wrestlers with a bit of King's Road mixed in there, they tell a good story, they go fast. That's pretty much all there is to it. And this is what kind of has been the bread and butter of the company for the last few years and just thoroughly enjoyable. Nothing particularly strong in storyline, just a match to fill the card out for a damn good match. John, your thoughts? I love this, but I'm always going to love T-Hawk and Iria just beating the shit out of people. Like, it's fast, <laughs> it's furious, it's brutal. And it's just a good time. It's a match. You don't necessarily need to have your brain at max capacity to understand. It's great entertainment. It's a great show of athleticism, skill, and it will probably make you wince every time Iria hits someone. I I have to say, um, I'm not sure it was the next card, wasn't it? The the pile driver onto somebody onto the other person's tag partner is new. 
I'm not sure it's going to fly in many other places other than Glades. <laughs> I'm not sure there's any people. I've do that a few times to a lot of different people. I haven't I seen it before. Do it... used to do it over here quite often. Yeah. Like in the UK, surely was on. I haven't seen it before. It's just like, that's brutal. And that's just like, that. it's, it's what I just saw him doing in like a, a sit down sent on. And it's like, how did he not break his ribs? <laughs> but yeah, no, Eerie's great. I love him to death. And um, yeah, you're absolutely right. But this was just, just a blast. I like Connor Skyer as well. He's got so much character. And I think the fans really do love him. They get behind him because of his facials and his delivery as well. And that's not to say 60 seconds are bad. They're all pretty damn good. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? No, I echo you gentlemen's sentiments, man. This is just a fun match. You don't necessarily need to be deep-rooted. Uh, but if you've been watching Glee for any period of time or the time that we've been covering it, um, these are, you know, two factors that you got to love to watch. Also, the strong hearts is, you know, right up there with, with the orchestra and 30 seconds isn't uh, that far behind. Because I've always appreciated 60 seconds. So what they, you know, normally lack in size and, and, and I guess raw power to make up for spirit and, uh, make up for wit spirit and, and, and just tenacity and relentlessness a lot of times. But, you know, as we talked about before, sometimes it does just come down to the size of the dog in the fight. And, uh, you know, you know, Erie is, you know, damn near three dogs himself. So, um, yeah. yeah, you know, pair him with Issei and then, and then you know, T-Hawk, it, it's, uh, it, it pretty much went out, you know, how I thought it would go, but it was, you know, fun nevertheless. You know, they could always run these matches back in different variations, whether it be, you know, three on three, uh, or just a simple regular tag. And, it, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a showing every time. So I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Just, just fun. Um, next up, we had one of the main feature matches of the show, which was, um, a six person tag team match. Um, Jinji Sinzaki, former current president of Sendai Girls and Michinoku Pro, Super Dolphin, um, <laughs> the president of Seafood Wrestling and Takamichinoku, the president of uh, Just Tap Out Wrestling, going up against Hanzo Shiru. I wonder, he sounds, he wrestles awfully familiar like someone we saw on this card earlier. I wonder who that could be. It's Kazayashi. And the great Sasuke, who's freaking the great Sasuke. Uh, nine minutes and 39 seconds of an old school Michinoku pro match. It was just brilliant. Just exactly what Michinoku Pro matches are supposed to be about. Dumb, lucha, stupidity from beginning to end with six legendary work. Well, Hanzo isn't legendary yet, but give him time. <laughs> but five legendary workers and a guest who knew exactly what to do to make this match work. Um, I, yeah, these people are all legends. And it's they've been so influential on pro wrestling worldwide. You just can't um, say what, how much influence they've had. Like, you know, they've worked for WCW, WWE, New Japan, Old Japan, Noah, the whole nine yards. And their influence on what we see in wrestling today, you don't get the elite if you don't get Michinoku Pro Wrestling. Everything that Shikara did was based off of Michinoku Pro Wrestling, even down to the blue ring. You know, this is history by guys who made history. Um, and, yeah, I can't say enough about them. This wasn't like them at full tilt in 1994. Uh, of course, it was not never going to be. 
But, you know, if you go back to those matches from 1984, which we have uh, looked at on the Troopany show, um, you look at those like places, wrestling in a car park in uh, Michinoku um, with Wally Yamaguchi managing them, um, you know, one of the most influential people in Japanese wrestling over the next 20 years. These were Kaintai. This is where Kaintai came from, you know, uh, Menseo and, and Dig Togo, you know, we, we see every day in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Just such a big influence, and it was nice for them to get a moment on a big card with a company that truly respects great wrestling. And that's what Glate is about, you know, great wrestling. That's what they tried to show off in this. John, what's your thoughts on this match? Yeah, it, it's wacky, joyous, fun. Like, Mitchie Froy is such a influential company with such a fun style and great characters everyone still recognizes to this day. It's great seeing Shinzaki back in action. Super Delphin, Michinoku, everyone's just having a good time. Everyone's putting a bit of a shift in, and yeah, it's it's just fun, <laughs> borderline disastrous at times, enjoyable pro wrestling. <laughs> what did you think of this, Marcus? Because you won't have seen Michinoku Pro before, I don't think, but you will have no. seen lots of these people. Absolutely. Um, well, yeah, this was my introduction to that to that. Uh particular company variation which i'm glad you just gave me a quick historical rundown of um other than this, this stuff that obviously y'all went more detail with on uh the show but um yeah it's it's, it's funny because everything i that i enjoyed um the last match for knowing those uh comp- all those competitors is is kind of why you know i enjoyed this one for the opposite because i could i surrendered to the, to the last match what it was because I knew all those guys and then I did the same here not knowing those guys but then just kind of let, letting you know like John said like the fun you know um, just letting the fun take over you know like you said this was you know playing lucha all right madness fun and all that stuff in the mix all right to the point where it looked like they did this um, obviously up shot over the ring and they did this one spot. I'm like, wow, all they need is like a pool. And this would have been a full on. <laughs> it would have been a full on thing. But uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it was like you said, I mean, clearly these guys are legends. Uh, you know, even I, even I saw that. So, uh, yeah, it was it was just uh, fun, fun to watch. It's just just one of those matches you just you just surrender to. You know, it's not say there's no rhyme or reason, but, I, you know, recognize the style and stuff. You just appreciate it for what it is. Indeed. If you want to go, if you want to go back and listen to us, you go to the Beginner's Guide to, the, to Japan, and if you type into SoundCloud or wherever, Troopany Show, Beginner's Guide to Japan, Michinoku Pro, you can listen to me and Chelsea. We reviewed a couple of shows from 1980, 1994, I think it was, um, um, and how they, and it, it just flows into everything else because like Taka worked for FMW, and then Jinsei Sinzaki got signed by the WWE, and then. They all the kind tag got signed by WWE and they became a big influence there and it, it, it just ebbs and flows throughout the influence of Wally Yamaguchi. It was an influence on every wrestling promotion in Japan and yeah, just absolutely fun. You should watch this match just to see what these guys are like now. Um, also, uh, Jinshi Shinzaki is also a yoga instructor amongst other things and he follows the Troopany Show on Twitter, so we obviously like him a lot. <laughs> All right, then we move on to the next match, which was Bulk Orchestra. Shikshu Mitani and Hayate Tamura defending the Keita against Kieto Ishida and Quiet Storm. 
also of Borg Orchestra. Uh, Borg Orchestra had promised to give their teammates a championship shot, and they did indeed. And this went for quite some time, 16 minutes and 10 seconds, until Kato Ishida attacked Quiet Storm um, with what appears to be the lid off of a plastic tray, thus ending his relationship with Borg Orchestra, of which he'd been an uneven partner and revealed himself to be the new leader of Black Generation, which was intriguing. <laughs> uh, well, this match was great up until that point. Um, and then it all kind of fell apart. And we'll get to what happens in, after that, because there's another match after this. You get a bonus match. And basically, when me and Marcus were looking at the preview last week and we read all of this out, we went, that seems a bit weird. Something must have happened. And then we found out what had happened. Marcus, what's your thoughts on this G-Infinity Tag Team Championship match? Yeah, I always appreciate a little uh, Borko Orchestra, Borko Orchestra uh, in-house is what I call it. It was an in-house match. <laughs> <laughs> or at least that's what, uh, you know, three guys thought anyway. Um, but yeah, this was, this was you know, 16 minutes, 10 seconds of uh, a fairly good match. And then, like you said, it, it went left towards the end and then that cascaded into something else. But um you know, they always do good with, the, with these uh, type of situations and when they got to go against each other, which you also appreciate the narrative of a faction that, that openly and willingly gives their own title matches because, in the, you know, over on this side of the pond, in that type of scenario, the faction will be breaking up at this point. Um, and I guess in a way, you know, I guess a piece broke off in, in this scenario. <laughs> It was uh, it, it was still fun, you know. Both orchestras, you know, they don't hold back, you know, in any scenario. So, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of good exchanges uh, before things uh, went left. Indeed. Um, so, John, your thoughts on this match and resident annoying little shit Kato Ishida? I I kind of had a feeling something fishy was going to happen in this one you don't tend to get like faction be like in-house faction fighting without some something going down and so i was uh, just wondering who in this match was going to be the one to be the traitor it was like watch, uh, watching a wrestling version of a game of among us it's just like <laughs> the imposter and of course it turned out to be ishida resident little shit and yeah and kind of put the kibosh on what had been a pretty entertaining, hard-hitting contest between what we thought was a group of mates. I still can't <laughs> get off just, like, Quiet Storm and how much he's changed, like, over the years. It's 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 still fun to watch him, but he, he still never quite lives up to his name because he's usually the loudest fighter in the ring. Right. <laughs> it's still, it's still like... When he first, his first couple of matches, what we used to make me laugh was he'd be fighting into the audience and he'd be apologising to his opponent as he was hitting him and going, I'm sorry, I don't speak Japanese. And it's like, now gives full promos in Japanese. Because of course he's about Japanese, but it's just, it just <laughs> it's, I've got to be a bad guy, so I'm being gravelly. There's a sound effect with pretty much everything he does. It's like he'll hit someone like, <laughs> it's just, quiet, Storm. You're a fucking loud hurricane, buddy. And I love it. <laughs> Like I, I'm a, that's not a dick. I love it. I love Quiet Storm and Glare. He's just so much fun to watch, and he's just got so much personality. I'm glad he wasn't. The, then again, no, it would have been even funnier if he was the traitor. Oh my god! Can you imagine full-on Dark Generation Quiet Storm? 
<laughs> no, I, I think this is the thing. Is like, I also knew something was up because Czech Shimitani's cut his really annoying heel haircut <laughs> into something more stylish. Um, and that was like, ooh, something's going to change around here, which it did, um, which we'll get to in a moment. But yeah, this was a cocky match up until then. And indeed, Ishida um, started to beat up quite a storm and then the rest of uh, Borg Orchestra and then called in his mates, Fumita, Keito, Ishida, Yutani and Hartley Jackson also turning on Borg Orchestra after he'd been in Borg Orchestra for two hours, which is a new record. Um, and then Haito Tamura uh, and uh, Czech Shimitani and Quiet Storm challenged um, the challenged uh, the Black Generation to a match, but of course they were a man down. So who comes to save the day? But Tetsu Izuchi of 60 Seconds, who can't stand um, Ishida either <laughs> because they've had a feud for the last couple of months and had some interesting singles matches that we, me and Marcus have been privy to, which have been awesome. And that was the main event. Fumita, Hartley Jackson, Keita Ishida and Yutani defeated Czech Shimitani, Haito Tamura and Quiet Storm and Izuchi of 60 seconds in 5 minutes and 58 seconds. John, your thoughts on this last match to round out the evening? John? <laughs> Hello, John. Marcus, your thoughts on this uh, last match to round out the evening? Yeah, this was, like I said, this was interesting to me. Um, obviously, things kind of end up uh, very abruptly. Of course, like I said, with, with what, you know, how things got kicked off with. <laughs> and I never get tired of hearing you guys, particularly you calling K to an annoying little uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's It goes with him at this point. Um, yeah, it was good. I mean, it, it basically... You know, I thought at first I was like, okay, this is like one match too many on an already stacked show. Um, but, you know, it kind of needed this ending on the show. Because, um, again, you know, Gleed is, is, is you know, great with storytelling. This this was to obviously break him off into, you know, the secrets out now. You know, he's the he's the leader of the black generation. Hell of a, hell of a third, you know, another faction. They got some good factions in this company. Um, and, you know, the five minutes, 58 seconds was us to, to give us a taste of what's to come. Because obviously this isn't over. You, know, you can't just be in Boca Orchestra and not, and not, you know, try to take up a permanent residence. That's not how they roll. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting seeing, seeing how far this goes. And the fact that somebody from 60 seconds comes down who, to me, always has scores to settle across this, across these shows because somebody is always starting something with them. Or, you know, interrupting their plans to get to the titles or something. So the fact that they came down, you know, it's, it's always nice when annoying little shits can bring everybody together. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to say, like, watching Izuchi and Hamata and uh, um, Izuchi and Tamura wrestle together and the smile on Izuchi's face was like, finally I've got someone who can chuck people around for me. <laughs> it was just like, oh, yeah, it was really cool. John, are you back with us? Yeah, I think my microphone managed to unplug itself while I had my fucking eyes on something else. Okay. Uh, what are your thoughts on this final match and what's your thoughts on Black Generation? Yeah, it was pretty much the sort of car wreck part of the show where it's like, oh no, we've had a change in the House of Glit. Now everyone must brawl and fight and die. And yeah, 
as Marcus put it, it was a nice way to sort of introduce everything, the new groups, the sort of what to expect, and have a little chip bring everyone together in hating him. Black Generation is going to be a very interesting group to watch, especially as they will no doubt continue to expand and bring in probably more of the invaders that are coming to play it from afar. Indeed. Um, you know, to close out the, the talk at the end of the show, uh, Camino and Nito came down to make to make the save for Borg Orchestra, which is, you know, considering late um, Pontai's coming down to help out Borg Orchestra. What's going on with the world? This is not right. But Bullock Orchestra did close the show, but there has been a quiet shift over the last few months from Bullock Orchestra being the, um, how can I put it, basically being the goof, goofball um, heels to being something a little bit more serious and a little bit more lovable. And um, I, obviously they were kind of clearly looking for the next big bad. And the fact that the next show opens with um, Camino and Ito offering their services for the main event, which would be, um, of course, it says, getting the final, the main event for the next show, where Night 40 would be Black Generation versus Chichimitami, Hayuto, uh, Tamura, Quiet Storm. Sorry, looking at the wrong show. Let's do that again. Hey, results, where are you? Hey, Cage Match, how you doing? Um, so yeah, so the next the next main event, the next next night would be Flamita, Harley Jackson, Katie Ishida, Yutani, and Bullcock versus Bullcock Orchestra here to tomorrow. Quiet Storm, Masato Kamano, Kamino, and Takanori Ito, in, like the ultimate big lads from the Bullcock Orchestra Hontai um, alignment. So there's been a bit of a thaw in relations, and uh, things are going along swimmingly. I don't think anyone's anyone was on anyone's Christmas card yet list, list yet. But we're working towards that. So let's move on to Night 40, which was at Maida Sky Building Stellar Hall, our favouritely named venue. <laughs> and the show opened with a promo spot featuring Borg Orchestra welcoming um, Ito and um, Camino to the, to the fold, uh, being interrupted by Ishida, <laughs> as, they were, as they have wanted to do. Uh, and then moving on to the first tag match of the evening, which featured uh, Sam Watanabe and Yuiska up against uh, 60 seconds, John Tonshu and Keiichi Sato, with the Hontai team winning in 9 minutes and 15 seconds. John, your thoughts on this fast-paced opener? I bet this must have been a nice change of pace for Iska after the last show of him getting the absolute <laughs> shit knocked out of him by Suzuki. Just, oh yes, I can go up full speed again. I'm not going to die, and yeah, I'm going to get to put on an entertaining opening match between the sort of faster side of Glade. 60 seconds are great with these sort of like rapid speed tag matches, and the Hontai team were able to keep up. It was perfectly serviceable opening fair and quite enjoyable. Ah, Marcus, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, John took it took it away from me, man. Um, I, I'm normally always kind of rooting for 60 seconds because I just, you know, I, I like I like the tenacity with those guys. But then I had to sit back. I'm like, you just went through uh, hell <laughs> on the last show. So 
this, you know, he kind of almost needed needed the win more, if nothing else, uh, than for a morale boost. You know, um, like I said, uh, Murder Grandpa posed with him before he put him away twice. So, um, yeah, this was a fun opener. You know, always kind of gleeful, a fun opener, and uh, yeah, sixty seconds. That you know, they'll get they'll get their win back. They always do. So indeed, yeah. So it should be fun to see if those two teams go again. Next up, we had a special guest, which was Magnitude Kishiwada, a veteran of the Japanese independent wrestling scene, trained by Mr. Pogo, the late great. And he went up against Issei Onoskaya uh, from 60 Seconds, uh, and the guest won, uh, despite his age and slow movement. <laughs> 29-year uh, veteran of the Japanese wrestling scene, um, also known in previous, in previous incarnations as Big Boss Majima, Kiji Zagazura, M. Majima, Magnitude Kishiwada, Monster Zeta Mandora, Keiju Mon Zeta Mandora, Shinaru Tairu, Kaiwani Fujita, Turbo Muscle, which is the best name. Why did he go away from Turbo Muscle? Why would you not want to be called Turbo Muscle? And Wolf, because he's had some names down the years. Marcos, what's your thoughts on this one? Turbo Muscle, that sounds like a good, uh, good thing you could spin off into like a nice anime or something. But, um,. <laughs> Yeah, man. Shout out to shout out to Issei, man. Uh, very gracious here. Um, you know, like you said, uh, very very uh, methodical moving magnitude. Um, but you know, uh, credit to him, realizing who he was facing, kind of what he was potentially up against, and realizing he had to take the legs out from the young man, but uh, potentially cut off any and all momentum, and wisely stayed stayed on the legs, and uh, eventually eventually got the win. I could. Uh, see them running this back, and, and you say potentially coming out with the win. Uh, but uh, yeah, this was this was fine. Didn't didn't go too long or too short. And another instance of you know, you know, uh, one of Glee's faithful, you know, uh, putting on a show but being gracious at the same time. You know. Yeah, definitely. John, what do you think of this one? Her muscle just sounds like a backup member for sixty seconds. <laughs> because I imagine a turbo muscle would lead to 60 seconds. True. I've, I've been trying so hard not to make premature ejaculation jokes the entire time 60 seconds has been mentioned, but no. That broke me. Uh, no, no, I think you're allowed in that particular one. I, I did say this morning that if there is such a thing as a small package, that implies there's something well, a large package <laughs> as a wrestling mover. Because it has to be, um, which um, friend of the podcast, um, oh, I got it this because I got his name wrong, I'll get it wrong if I don't get it right now. Um, read this bit now. I got about 14 notifications since I did this. Imagine some really intense music here. It's a race against time to find the right notification. There you go. Uh, friend of the podcast, long-time listener, Neil Ladd said, described, said when I said that, uh, that uh, a small package implies that there's a large package in wrestling, uh, Neil had said replied with, our last call, they are Foxes during a PCW show. Yeah, it is. Thanks, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Um, 
Yeah, Neil's awesome. Neil's been a long time wrestler. Brian, back in the WrestleTalk TV days, actually gave me a lift home one day from work because he saw me whilst I was out uh, waiting for the bus. Neil is awesome. Um, nice. Yes, anyway, yeah. Where are we? Uh, oh, I should side. probably talk it's... about the match. We should, yes. Do you want to carry on talking about that? <laughs> I had a great, I had a great time with this one. Like, I get it was a bit plodding and a bit sort of like train like boring to get to at times purely because of like pacing and like a lack of mobility as such but i don't know i feel like you can mask so much of like your inability when you're just screaming at your opponent constantly and this is what magnitude kiss your heart had a bit of doing it's just like he says on the floor and it's like Rah. he tries to move <laughs> and obviously he says just amazing at selling. Like the entire time he is just fighting for his life against this man who will not stop screaming at him whilst trying to break his legs. It's just fun and funny to me. <laughs> yeah, no, this is the thing. I mean, I'm just watching like Kishiwara has literally just taken 40 seconds to put on Indian, Indian Deathlock. He is glacial, let's be honest. Well, you're right. There's a lot of presence in this match. And again, it's like you were saying about Onitsukaya earlier. He's just such a good seller. He's got such good facial expressions. It just makes this match work. Also, hot crowd. They were really into this. Even though the Kurikan crowd was a live crowd, they could they could speak. This is a clap crowd, and they're actually much more into it than the Kurikan caller crowd was, I think, in my opinion. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. We can move on then to the next match, which was a tag match, which featured Minoru Tanaki and Oji Shiba um, uh, of your 60 seconds going up against Sichio Ikimoto and Shima. Now, the reason Sichio Ikimoto has been on a lot of the cards of the Great Cards, but we've normally seen him in UWF-style matches. Here is in a straight tag team match. And watching him, I'm wondering if he's been training the women in uh, the UWF-style stuff because... Um, the way that they worked, you know, um, uh, the way that, especially Michio Miyagi and how she goes to a mountain and stuff and goes to open slaps is very much in the style of Kimoto. Um, so I'm wondering if he's had some time doing that, but it was interesting to see him in a different environment. Um, and you know, Minoru Tanaka is just the right guy for this stuff. He is the technical advisor for the UWF style stuff. Though he doesn't very often wrestle in that style. He tends to stick to the Lucha style stuff that you see on the rest of the show. As Seema's Seema and OG Shiba is very good too. So, John, what did you think of this? Because this was an interesting way of outgoing the wrestling match, I thought. Yeah, it was quite a wild card sort of match. You don't normally see the sort of UOF guys working with the luchadors unless it's under their raw sets so seeing ikimoto with shima here against naka and orgy was just yeah it was a bit of an unexpected gem of a match it was very entertaining and you can just tell shima's having fun at the moment that's like a thread across both of these shows like shima's sort of having a bit of a not a relaxing period because he's still working his ass off with the only way he can but like there's not as much pressure with him, so he's having fun in the ring, and that's bringing everyone else up alongside him because everyone else is probably just as relaxed. Like yeah, most of right. the guys yeah. on this match could could probably have a match like this in their sleep. 
So it's it's just them doing like a very enjoyable oddity of a match with like no pressure. They're just having fun. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the thing about Glate is even for the workers, it's just fun. It's nice to watch a program where you're not like very deep into 16 layers of soap opera. It's just fun. And it's like fun stuff like Shima can't stand Shiba. We don't know why. You just don't like him. <laughs> They're both baby faces, but every time they wrestle each other, he kicks his hand away, rather than not shake his hand. And it's like, he doesn't do that with the rest of 60 seconds. He likes them. <laughs> he just doesn't like Shiba. And it's just fun little bits like that, and it just makes things move forward. Marcus, what's your thoughts on this particular matchup? Yeah, I like these, you know, uh, type of type of deals where you see, like, you know, Seema, uh, you know, kind of link up with, with Tanaka, and then some, sometimes be uh, Ikemoto versus, you know, Shiva. And then they, they switch off because it's, you know, like like you always say, James Style make fights. And uh, these are some unique styles here. And uh, appreciate the backstory where we're seeing we're just not liking Shiva. Which is which is you know funny, but you know this sometimes it's how I go, and uh, yeah, this this was this like like John called it, this was an unexpected gem just because of those dynamics that even if you wasn't privy to, you can kind of you kind of feel with the exchanges. So you know I definitely appreciated that, and you know um, this is another one, you know I keep saying this, but another one I wouldn't mind, you know if they they ran back, you know or if they could do different variations of it, yeah you know, they could make it a four way if they wanted to, you know, but uh. This, this was this was another fun one. Yeah. yeah. It does the relationship between Shima and Shiba uh does remind me of uh, Sergeant Hulker in stripes. Uh, <laughs> they said, uh, oh, it's nothing personal, son. I just don't like you. <laughs> that, that kind of just that line yeah. popped into my head. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's it. I think that's it. Right then. Speaking of fun, let us move on to a match where it really was um, unplug brain and let's have, a, let's have half an hour of uh, hijinks by the time you've got through the introductions and everything else. This was not a serious wrestling match by any stretch of the imagination. Um, okay, Chek Shimitani wrestled Michiko Miyagi in a um, country-whipping lumberjacks match in eight minutes and six seconds. Chek Shimitani takes the win. But Bayek, he had, to, he had a hard time going through this because special guest referee was Gamma, um, a retired wrestling personality who doesn't like Shimatani. And all of the um, Lumberjacks were either Hontai 60 Seconds or um, Stronghearts, who, who can't stand Shimatani either. <laughs> uh, though things, like we said, things are thawing on the, the Bulk Orchestra uh Hontai, 60 seconds, um, strong hearts kind of end of things. So, um, yeah, this was a lot of fun. And um, Gamma called it straight down the middle, didn't he, Marcus? Absolutely. Oh, God, it was overly fair. Um, yeah, I mean, this was, <laughs> to me, like you say, you kind of just surrender over to the to, to, um, fool the real of it all. Um, and and coming off of which was a glorious loss uh, to me, uh, just because of Fukuda finally, you know, toppled Miyagi um, in spectacular fashion. It almost felt like she was being punished for losing. It was like you literally were on a streak 
beating this girl and you lost and then she just was getting whipped as a result. Um, so that that's something would have been cool to see her get the win here. But, you know, like you said, um, things things kind of went how they went. And uh, it, it was fine. It was fine. Uh, Check got a nice victory. The Lumberjacks got some fun and, you know, everybody went home. <laughs> <laughs> What's your thoughts on this one, John? my favorite match of the two shows like i had such a blast watching this because it, i just love it when like there's clear rules in place and nobody follows them like for the, the longest time the lumberjacks just ignored miyagi every time she got thrown out and just whipped the shit out of check because like oh we we don't mind you miyagi you're fine check shimitami's out right beat his ass kill him be gone <laughs> and was... the ref felt the same way that was until um, the announcer did point out that Miyagi would be disqualified if uh, they didn't start whipping on her. So they started whipping on her. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was it was just fun. Um, uh, we got more to see more of Gamma than we um, uh, really wanted to, I think. And uh, discovered he does like a crotchless bodysuit, which isn't really what what we all need to know. But you know. Uh, that that was the end of the show. You're gonna have to watch that show now. I've said that. Really. I just I just encourage people to watch. Um, for those of you who don't know, Gamma was an Osaka pro veteran, um, and therefore absolutely blessed in comedy wrestling. <laughs> so this was great. You you've got it for like uh, absolutely the kind of match that would make Jim Cornette's blood boil. This is it because it takes things he loves like country whipping matches and long jack matches and usurps them for all they can be worth. So should we move on to something a bit more serious? <laughs> um, the next matchup was a tag team match uh, between uh, Kazayashi and Tetsuya Izuchi of 60 seconds against Shigehiro Iri and T-Hawk. As Iri and T-Hawk make a claim for being one of the best tag teams in Glate, they're looking for that G Infinity Tag Team Championship, which you'd be hard to argue with after this performance. John, what's your thoughts? As you do love a strong hearts whooping. Yep, this this was brilliant. Like this was just pure carnage. Like an absolute like arse kicking of a match. Iria and T Hawk are like the hardest strikers in the company put it together to just bulldoze their way through teams. Like, you could put them in there with some of the best in the company and they'd still get bulldozed under chops, cannonballs, and just pure, unadulterated death. Like, <laughs> it's... It's very hard... It's going to be very hard to topple a stro- like this Strong Hearts team. Because Iria and T-Hawk just... They get it. They get each other, and they're violent as hell. It's, like, good luck, anyone. <laughs> <laughs> What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Yeah, I absolutely agree with everything. Uh, John said strong horse is just, I mean, they, they just got such a, a great foundation of guys. And uh, this is not, you know, putting no slack at all, talking about Yashi of Tetsuya, but, you know, like I said, Erie alone is is a, is a problem for multiple people. I mean, you could put them with T-Hawk, like John said, you know, two of the hardest strikers, and, you, you know, um, it's gonna be a hell of a time. Good, great match though. Um, you know, Glee is really great. Consistently putting on different matches that you almost have to go back and look like 
damn, this wasn't for a title. Like it's, I, I find myself saying that a lot. Um, so it's gonna be great seeing when these guys actually do go for, like you said, for those G Infinity, because they are a hell of a pair. Uh, but but the great thing about again this roster is you could say that about a you know a lot of different pairs. So it's the the competition is stiff, and that only means great stuff for us. You know, as we cover this stuff. So yeah, yeah, hell of hell, hell of a hell of a match. Definitely, this is serious business. And at the end of the match, I believe T Hawk, Alfred Kaz Hayashi, an open slot in Strong Hearts. Sounds like Strong Hearts are recruiting at the minute, and Kaz Hayashi will fit into that organization like a hand into a glove. But we'll move on to the main event, which indeed involved the Black Generation staking their claim to being top heels in Glates going up against Bulk Orchestra, Hayato Tamura, and Quiet Storm and the tag team of Masato Kamino and Takanorito. 17 minutes and 13 seconds of back and forth. In the end, there can only really be one winner. If your top new top heels don't win this match, they're pretty much done, and they won it in spectacular fashion, I have to say. That's not to say that Bulk Orchestra did not put their work in, nor did Camino and Ito. This was exceptionally good. Marcus, you're the big Bulk Orchestra fan around here. What's your thoughts on this particular match? I mean, this is like this is the, this is the show. This is the match you put on to end the show, man. Uh, this this could have went, you know, 20 minutes and 13 seconds for me. Um, but this is great stuff. There are no slackers whatsoever in this match, and like you said, uh, James, you you kind of you can't do what they did on the last show and not have them close this one out with a win. But they worked for it, obviously. Um, and you you don't oftentimes see orchestra taking the L. Specifically when they stacked with, you know, you're talking about Camino and Ito behind them. But like I said, Flamito, Flamito is a one-man highlight reel himself. And then you pair him with, you know, Utani, who was going off in this match as well. Um, almost seems like he was trying to make up for the couple of flubs in, in the last one. And then you got Jackson and, and, and uh, <laughs> that annoying little shit. Um, and, <laughs> and it's... Uh, it's uh it's it's a it's a great time all around. Like I said, there are no slackers in this match whatsoever, but the but the heels had to take it. Uh the new ones anyway. So um it was just this was a, this is how you close out a show. What's your thoughts on this one, John? Because I'm sure you've got a lot to say because there was a lot going on in this match. Yeah, it was um quite quite the hurricane of insanity, like it was always going to be a heel victory. Like, there's no world where you don't introduce a group like this and have them lose their first official fight because that's nobody does that. Not even the most maverick of wrestling companies <laughs> would actually. No, it sounds like something New Japan would do. No, I anyway, think it's very um, more more of a Russoism, I would think. But yeah, it's. It's interesting watching a group as sort of diverse as the Dark Generation because you've got Luchadors in there, you've got Hartley Jackson, the the Goliath, and Little Ishida, all managing to work together against the combined forces of the two ultimate group, like the ultimate sort of villain group before the Dark Generation existed in the Hontai. And it just leads to an absolute car wreck because, again, you've got that many people fighting. There is that much going on. There is chaos. There is. It is just fun. Again, it's 
it's a great way to sort of tell a, a story, get your new, like, villainous asshole faction over, and show, like, oh, God, everyone who used to hate each other can work together. That's how evil <laughs> these guys are. It's a nice idea. It's a nice match, and it worked nicely as a main event. I yeah. had a lot of fun with it. And again, just Utani every every match. The kid's great. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the, the, he's great. I, I've got to say, I, hats off to um, Keita Ishida because he's taking this to this role like a duck to water. And he's just brilliant. He's just absolutely astounding and a revelation to me because I've not seen his work in Dragon Gate. And now I'm like, I want to go back and see all his work in Dragon Gate because <laughs> he's that good. He's just that good as a heel. It's, it was outstanding to watch. Um, of course, the show closes out with Bulk Orchestra um, bringing the crowd along. Um, and uh, to, to close things out, whilst the guys from Strong Hearts come and offer their condolences and support to Bulk Orchestra, which is a bit weird. <laughs> um, and that kind of closes out our show as uh, the baby faces are starting to regroup and form new alliances and things have shifted. and suddenly got new sheriff in town when it comes to top heel uh where do you think the company goes from here john i mean kind of had a sample with these two shows you've not you've watched caught up a little bit what's your thoughts on where we go in 2023 because i doubt we'll probably, we'll probably get one or two more shows before maybe one more show before the end of the year well i know that um Blit is looking to make the best of pizza ever because they even had a video package for Luigi Primo and his wanted, wanting to fight Shima. So that'll be interesting. But like on the whole, it's it's probably going to be another one of, well, Glit keeps wanting to expand. They want to keep bringing new people over. And chances are we'll see like every faction in open recruitment mode because once a new evil arises, you have to find ways to stamp it out and be that working together. Or bringing in new guys that you can use to as either cannon fodder or to stomp down bad guys. It's going to be interesting to see how Glit does it. Because this is where you usually end up with your 16 laser soap opera bullshit. But <laughs> I don't know. There, there is hope. Indeed. Marcus, what's your thoughts for 2023 and Glit? Yeah, obviously continue like coming off of, you know, John's great points there. Um, continue with expansion, continue growth, obviously, particularly with these great factions that they built up. Um, you know, conventional wisdom, like like John said, you know, you know, holes become open, they need to be filled, which is, you know, you bring in those new guys that continues the, you know, open door policy, if you will, and maybe they mix in some more, bringing in some more legends like we saw on both of these shows um, within the mix of that. And then I think, you know, more conventional wisdom would say, look, you got what for me, the Harley Jackson, uh, the little shit and Utani. You know, you break that down in a certain way. I I'd send Flamita and Utani after those tag straps and, and obviously send Cheetah after that revolution, you know? Yeah. yeah. Just, you know, I think that they think that's exactly where you want to go. But obviously, you know, we they don't lit a fire to the point where you got strongholds back in the bulk orchestra and that you know, they obviously gonna have a lot of hurdles on the way to those uh those goals. So that's just gonna create a healthy mix of fun 
you know, the way Glee tends to, to break break beats down across these shows in such fantastic fashion. So um I just like I just think it's continued growth and and and, and seeing where they go with this this uh this new faction. I think it's gonna be fun. Definitely gonna be fun. Right then. That brings our close show to close today, but notable by his accent notable by his absence was Al Linderman, of course, G-Rex champion and uh, ace of the company. He's been over in New Japan doing the World sorry, Super Junior Tag League. Um, so we're going to go talk about that now, which is a show you will have heard yesterday, as it comes out before this one does. So thank you very much to my guest today. John, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me at John Deathman on Twitter. That is the gateway tell to writings, ramblings, opinions, pictures from matches, and John underscore Deathman on Instagram, which is kind of like the backup for my work in case Elon Musk finally decides to take a shit in a Twitter server and it all dies. You can also find me on Patreon at Deathmatch Digest. That will give you twice weekly deep dives into the world of Deathmatch, looking at different matches, different superstars, different generations, and even Joshy Cage matches. We, Indeed. We're having fun over there now. I recommended a Joshy Cage match to John and he liked it. <laughs> All right, Marcus, where can we find you on the internet? Yes, man, piggybacking off John, you know, while we are living in a time where Twitter is uh, at a medium speed becoming basically the NWA. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this recent version of the NWA, not the, not the classic version of the, <laughs> the, the more recent horrible what in the hell are you doing version. Um, yeah, you can find me on on what's what's being left to Twitter at Paradox Kid. That's P A R A D O X K I D. Uh, always down the chat. You can find me at Sheriff Lone Star on Twitter. You can find the Troopany Show on Twitter. You can find it on Discord Troopany Show podcast. You can find us on Instagram the Troopany Show, and on Facebook the Troopany Show, and on Patreon where you keep the Troopany Show free forever for everyone. I might get as mastered on account. Hive seems popular. We're looking at that at the moment. <laughs> Mastodon sounds good though. I like the idea of being on Mastodon. Um, one of one of um, uh, my friends said, I, "I'm sorry, but I can't join a join a social so a social uh, media account that where I toot." I can understand what she's saying. However, another one of my friends has had a Mastodon server for the last ten years. So what can you do? Anywho. Um, thank you for listening to the show today. We'll be back next week. We've not really looked at what we've looked at yet, but it might be World Tag League Finals. That's coming up soon. Um, but I'm sure we'll find something interesting to discuss. Thank you very much for listening to us today. We'll see you next Monday. Bye.